Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline DeStremps, here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded, small businesses, and nonprofits that fit your schedule and your budget while making your brand stand out in front of your audience. And joining me in the studio today, I have Mary Hall, founder and CEO of CultureWise Consulting, and Rhonda Oliver, president and CEO of Hands-On Greater Phoenix. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for both joining me today. I'm excited um, to talk a little bit about um, company culture, uh, giving back, what that means for businesses in the community. Um, why don't we go ahead and though and get started with just some uh, quick introductions. Um, Rhonda, how about we start with you today? Um, as I mentioned, Rhonda, with Hands-On Greater Phoenix, how long have you been with Hands-On? And tell us a little bit about what Hands-On does. Sure. I've been with the organization 19 years, and our mission is really pretty simple. It's to put volunteers to work where they're needed most. And we do that across multiple spectrums, but we really do a lot in the business space, helping companies advance their, their CSR goals, their community footprint. And so that's what we've been up to for 26 years here in Maricopa County. Oh, wow. 26 yeah. years. Yeah. And you've been there for 19 of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, in a, a little bit here, I'll get it. We can get, kind of get into what some of those changes are that you've seen from in that time that you've sure. been there. And then Mary, um, introduction for you. Um, as I mentioned, uh, founder and CEO of CultureWise. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about CultureWise and how you got started with that. Well, CultureWise is a workplace culture consulting firm. I help organizations to build strategic workplace cultures that lead to happier people, higher performance, and better bottom line results. So from the CultureWise viewpoint, the bottom line is a triple bottom line, meaning people, planet, and profits. I got started in this because when I was a company co-founder, we had grown a company from about three people to 500 people. And during that time, I had this awakening about how we had that many people and how much good we could do. And so it was at that time that I got in contact with Hands On of Greater Phoenix and I met Rhonda. So that's going back almost 15 years. And I learned so much from them. And I can talk more later about what we did together. Yeah. So what was it then that uh, at what point between the five employees and 300, did you kind of have that thought of we could be doing more than Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. coming to work each day, doing our job and going home in the evening? Um, Well, I think you learn those things in baby steps. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so much about when you're building a company, you're focused on the process, you're focused on technology. And as you get closer to the people and you start studying engagement, you start understanding more about how they live their lives and what kind of community you're in. And so if you're trying to build a great workplace culture, People want to feel good about the workplace. They want to feel good about their employer. And I learned that giving back actually touches the soul of people. And they feel good about themselves. And then they feel good about their employer. And I just, I learned that through talking to other people. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit, uh, because I feel like culture or company Mm -hmm. culture is um, almost a a buzzword these days. Mm -hmm. 
What looking back on, um, were, were you thinking that at the time? No. Were you thinking culture? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, how would you? I, I know this is difficult, but how would you define what? What's company culture? So when you're mentioning mm-hmm. that, what is mm-hmm. what is that to you? You're right. It's kind of a squishy term, yeah. and you'll get lots of definitions of right, culture. Right. Um, I like to keep it simple. I look at it as anytime you have a collection of people, whether it be a company, a club, an association, you've got a lot of people working together. And so culture turns out to be the behaviors that you observe. I simplify it to say culture is how you do what you do in all regards. How do you hire people? How do you make your business decisions? Do you tie them back to your values? How do you promote people? How do you celebrate? Um, how do you communicate who you are? It's, it's all about how you do what you do. And um, if you have a good culture model, you're going to understand who you want to be. And you're going to understand that community impact can be part of it. And Rhonda, so how, are, how does Hands-On Greater Phoenix then kind of play into this. You talked about being a an organization then that helps these companies. So do companies come to you and say, we want to give back, but we just don't know what we want to do? Is that something that Hands-On helps with? Or do they kind of already have an idea of what they want to do and they're just needing some help with focusing that? A little bit of both, really. So, you know, I think the larger companies have a more established um strategic plan around how they want to be involved in community and um, what we're seeing more in the last few years are the midsize and smaller companies feeling like there's more of a mandate Mm -hmm. and more of a desire to get onto the community. So there are some larger companies that we've been working with for years, since our inception even, uh, for 26 years. And then there are others that have come come at some point along the way and, and stayed with us. And, and there are others that uh, are new and figuring out how they want to be in the community and what that looks like to their employee base and how it aligns with their return on investment. And so really it, 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 it happens both ways. We, we find them, they find us, and <laughs> we try to find uh, that point um, that works well for them. And we'll, we'll help them soup to nuts plan um, whatever it is they're looking to do. So if they need sort of some help in the planning process, we'll help with that. Um, and then we'll do all the work so that they don't have to commit any internal resources to this community building because that's what we're here for. Right. And I have a feeling that uh, holds a lot of companies back when they think they there's something that they want to do or the employees are coming to them and saying, hey, we want to do this great project. And the first thing somebody's going to say is like, okay, who's going to organize that? And how is this not going to take away from what, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis for the company already? And how do I get started? Right. I and mean, even, there's like, it's, it's a vast community. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, you, yeah, it's just how to get started. So, and there, and so to have a resource like us, where we've been working in the community for all these years, we we know who the nonprofit organizations are, we know what the community needs are, we understand a range of budgets. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a small shop and you just have a few people, or if you're a, a larger company and have uh, a greater resource in terms of employees, we we can work with you at at any point in that spectrum. And I like that you do mention the smaller companies as well, because uh, Mary and I were actually just having a conversation the other day. Mm-hmm. When you hear that term CSR, corporate social responsibility, um, many smaller companies think, oh, those programs are just for 
corporations, large businesses. What do I have that I can give back? But Mary, what have you seen then with working with companies, you know, even small companies, like Rhonda had mentioned, just a couple employees right. or whatever may maybe, and their um, desire to give back? Right. Um, well, for any company, any size, I would encourage them to, first of all, make it authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, as Rhonda had mentioned, you know, sometimes there's a mandate. Um, but I think what's really important is, is that they take the time to talk about what they want to do as a company. And whether they're small or whether they're big, I think it's important that it's aligned with their company purpose and look at where their strengths are. But also there's the impact that the people getting involved makes. Um, you know, if it's a top-down program, it might feel like a mandate. But if it's a bottom-up type of program, people can get really excited and you start to understand your people better. So whether you have five people, 500, 5,000, it's important to get the best benefit out of it, which means that your people are engaged, they're fulfilled, they feel good about themselves and the company, that you start small. Mm -hmm. You start small, you reach out. I mean, I know when we started, um, things have changed a lot in 15 years, Mm -hmm. and then they haven't changed much. Right. (laughs) You know, the needs are still there, but there's more technology these days. And um, if you're small, I mean, I would definitely talk to Hands On a Greater Phoenix because they have volunteer opportunities available. And those companies get to join with other companies on a project. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of opportunity for small companies. And you mentioned um, that being authentic and having it uh, be something that aligns then with kind of the company's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, core values. Is that something then that, um, I mean, where, where does some, where does someone even start with that? Especially if it is something that say is, you know, starting from the bottom up, where, where does a company even start with that? Well, if, if we took, for example, uh, the company that I was part of, it was a financial debt management company. And so when we were small, we got together, we talked about, well, what do we do? We teach people how to live on budgets how about if we get in touch with the school system and we go teach personal finance to elementary school children? Start early, you know, try to help them not get into financial trouble. So I'm trying to think of another example of a company where they could look at it. Let's say a restaurant, Mm -hmm. a small restaurant might might talk to hands-on and say, what kind of nonprofits are out there that we could align our skills of food service, food prep, what have you, with someone in need. Maybe we'll go to a um, food kitchen. Maybe we'll go to St. Mary's. Maybe we'll go to a, um, um, a home care place and help them to serve meals. And so the, the, the opportunities are abundant. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, fig, you know, sitting down and figuring out what aligns. Correct. And what's going to be, um, what, like you mentioned, what that impact is going to be then on the employees and are they going to feel like they're actually making a difference? Is it, not, is it just, you know, hey, let's go paint some walls and then they come back and go, oh, that was a great day off, you know, but mm-hmm. they're not really, mm-hmm. it's not something that they're really feeling of, be, of being a part of. Right. Having it be something more than that. And, and I think doing any good is good. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, it's really important to do good. And you can do you can put together a strategic type of volunteer program so that you cover the bases and um, especially with hands on because they have a multitude of volunteer opportunities. So you can have something in alignment with what your business does, but you can also have something that helps your employees pick out things that they're 
interested mm-hmm. in themselves. So it's, it can be a combination program. Right. That's what I was going to touch on, Mary, just mm-hmm. the importance of if you're, you know, building from the bottom up. It's the company alignment is great. And I think that's what we've seen historically. Larger companies make sure that their social return on investment is aligned with what their business is. But and we still see that. And that's important. But what we're seeing more and more from companies is more polling among their employee base to see what their interests are and trying different things. So maybe one engagement, they'll do something with animals and another engagement, they'll do something with environment and another time they'll do something with food insecurity. So there's a real opportunity to to do a variety of things and touch a number of critical community issues. Yeah. So does hands-on then, um, you mentioned as far as uh, sometimes you seek them out, sometimes they seek you out, but in the sense of the opportunities that are available, is that something that you just continually have, say, like a bank of as just different opportunities with nonprofits throughout the Valley? Correct. Yeah. Okay. We work with about 450 different nonprofits Mm -hmm. in the Valley across multiple issue areas, and we always are out there combing the streets looking for (laughs) other opportunities. And so it's really important for us to have a dynamic pipeline of a variety of things, Mm -hmm. not only um, in terms of meeting a multitude of needs in the community, but also meeting a multitude of interest on the volunteer side and the company side. So it's important to sort of keep, keep that moving, keep that radar open and find different opportunities. Right. And have you, either of you noticed uh, kind of a change? You mentioned that, uh, you know, you've worked together over about 15 years now or so with various, you know, whether it was with CultureWise or your or your company before, Mary, what are some of the uh, trends, I guess, or ways that those volunteer opportunities have changed over time? I'm going to defer that to Rhonda. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think what I just was speaking about a little mm-hmm. bit ago is that uh, a, companies have councils of employees mm-hmm. or they have Uh, quarterly meetings to talk about um, what they'd like to do in the community. We see um, companies piloting uh, different things and trying different things. I think we also see um, what historically might have been more of a marketing benefit investment by companies is more an investment in their employee base in terms of uh, employee satisfaction and using that as a recruitment tool mm-hmm. for talent and a retention tool for talent. So I feel like we're seeing a shift in the way that company leaders are thinking about why they're out in the community. Yeah, another thing that we're seeing is I think it crosses lines. So what we do a lot of in Phoenix, our organization the last few years, is Uh, We don't have a lot of large corporate headquarters in our market, but we have a lot of companies who come to our community for meetings. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been doing a tremendous amount of give back projects for those companies who are visiting our city. So they come, they're in town for three or four days for a meeting. So rather than sending their employees to the golf course or the spa, they're organizing a give back project in the community. And so we've been seeing a lot of that as well. So those are a couple of things. Yeah, there's, and there's some other things that are happening. I, I would call these sea changes. Um, you know, we, we're seeing changes, and I think we're going to see more of them. I think that having a purpose-based company and community impact um, – 
whatever you want to call it. We're going to see more of that. And one of the reasons is, is because the labor market's changing. You know, I think um, we know that in 2020, 50 percent of the U.S. labor market will be millennials. In 2025, 75 percent of the U.S. labor market will be millennials. Seventy five percent of millennials say that they want to work for a company that is purpose based, has a real impact in their community. They're going to look at things like the impact on the environment. They're going to look at how they treat people. They're going to look at things like how active are they in their communities. Mm -hmm. And so there's also a lot of support right now at um, the levels of, um, let's say, on Fortune Magazine's cover this past month were, was Jamie Dimon. Okay, so Jamie Dimon's on there from one of the largest banks. And so he's saying purpose is important. Uh, the head of uh, BlackRock, mm -hmm. which um, Larry Fink, mm -hmm. is uh, wrote a letter to his companies in 2019 stating that purpose was something that they really needed to focus on, not only for the good of the community, they're also finding that it impacts the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Companies that ha are purpose-based and think about their impact on the planet, on people, are actually more profitable. That particular letter was really powerful. I mean, it was really yeah. a call to action and a challenge to the corporate community to really think about mm -hmm. think about things in this Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we are looking then, so we, we have these companies coming out and saying that we know that per being um, having this purpose is important and we, we want to do that. But what does that, um, how does that translate then into them actually creating a program within their company? What would you say, you know, a successful program then, are, are there any key components to maybe a successful program then within a company? I think we could both answer this one. Mm -hmm. I look at it from, first of all, be authentic. You know, a lot of times it does feel like you must have some kind of a program. And I think that's where it can work against you. I also like to say programs outside of that are, I would say, either good, better, or best. <laughs> and I believe the best ones have really taken the time to sit down and then bring people in and identify what their cause is, talk about how they're going to create the program, and make it sustainable what they're going to do every month. Because some studies have indicated that people really um, are more impacted when they do this on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies will do once a year programs and those are great. If they really want to get the impact in their culture and that their people are going to feel more engaged and fulfilled, it's important to do something that has more of a regular type of volunteering activity. And it's contagious, honestly. Oh, once yeah. you start doing it, right, it's right. almost as if it becomes part of your DNA. Well, and I would think too, once you uh, once you get that program up and, and rolling, uh, it's much easier to then continue working that program over and over again, you know, monthly or quarterly, mm -hmm. rather than it just being a one-off once a year. Who knows by that next year when you go to do that program, if that same person is even uh, going to be there to spearhead that project. Exactly. But if it's something that's continually going and like you said, becomes a real authentic part of what that company is all about. Right. It's It becomes who you are. It becomes mm -hmm. your employer brand. And when you go out to recruit new employees, they're going to identify with you mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And so it, it increases that potential that you're going to get a good culture fit with people who are looking for what your purpose is and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
And you're, you're right. All giving back is good. But I think the one-off and the once a year, it doesn't feel like part of the fabric of the culture mm-hmm. if you do do business that way. I, I think it's difficult to get momentum. I think another shift we've seen in the last few years, too, is our – it used to be that when companies would come out to volunteer together – it would be on a weekend. So they would ask uh, employees to give up their personal time and their family time to come and volunteer with the company. But what we're seeing now are more and more companies giving company time off to volunteer. And so we do a lot more weekday engagements with companies than weekend engagements. Uh, it's It's an imperative for them uh, that they're family friendly, so they want even during the even during the weekday. At a lot of times, they'll want them to be able to bring their spouse or their children. We're seeing a lot of companies also not just give time off to volunteer, but there's a monetary component involved. So, if you are affiliated with a particular organization as an employee, a lot of companies are matching your time and investment. So, if you decide to to give 20 hours to X nonprofit organization, the company will dollar match that time. So we're seeing a lot of that too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned the family friendly because one of the benefits of making it friendly family, family friendly, <laughs> thank you, is um, that when, when families bring, you know, their family members, their children, their partners, um, whoever they're bringing, what that's important in their life, they get to spread out that feeling of giving. And especially with children, they start to get that feeling. They understand what it's like um, to be working with the vulnerable population and helping them. And what I saw is, is that as we did that with hands-on, we were tracking their hours, which meant that as they built up these hours, they actually had what some high schools require for community. And middle school now too, Mary. Oh, and middle school yeah. too now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're building this social awareness mm-hmm. amongst the youth. And so in high school, they're ready. They've got hours for their college applications. And um, I think that it just, again, makes that employee even more proud of the company that they work for because they facilitated this and helped them do what is oftentimes difficult for parents is to make time to get out there and volunteer. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we saw from our time with your company mm-hmm. is you came out with your employees and volunteered together, but then some of your employees went on to explore opportunities with our organization on an individual basis mm-hmm, or right. a family basis. Mm-hmm. So as much as we do with companies, we also have 50 to 60 ongoing calendar opportunities every month for individuals and families to come out and participate in. And so you see that rollover effect mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. where an individual will come out as part of a corporate team or business team and then realize, okay, this is something I should be doing on a more regular basis. This is something I can get my kids involved in. Mm-hmm. So it has that multiplier effect right. of service. And I think hands-on makes it so easy. I could go out today and I could say, you know what? I have time on Thursday to volunteer and I can go onto the calendar and I can find something and it'll, it will be organized mm-hmm. and I can show up or I can invite somebody after you sign up. But it's it's so helpful to be able to do that because what do we have? What do we call that? An episodic volunteer mm-hmm. where, who's a one-off. And, you know, sometimes that's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, business travelers now are in a new city and they want to do something. They can volunteer for a program. Um, you know, sometimes um, people just, they, they just want to do good. And it's to just go out there and start looking for something. It isn't always that easy. You need a place like hands-on. Right. 
And um, hands-on, so how easily hands-on Greater Phoenix here in Phoenix, but it's, uh, you know, part of a larger organization. How many hands-on are there around the country? We're actually global. And so there are, yeah, Yeah. there are 200 affiliates, Mm -hmm. we call them. So independent organizations who serve their own community, but we're all affiliated uh, with a national organization called Points of Light Mm -hmm. that's located in Atlanta. And there are 30 affiliates outside the U.S. So, yeah. So uh, volunteerism is not just an American um, institution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. So when I was at the Points of Light conference then back in, what was it, April, June? June. June. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All all the months before now are just blurring together. It's that time of the year. Um, uh, I actually was uh, was really excited when I signed up for the conference to see that the hands-on Minneapolis group actually had volunteer stuff for attendees to do before the conference started. And I just thought, what a great idea, kind of going back to what you were saying. um, You know, companies are coming into town for a meeting or a conference or whatever that may be. Um, how about having those types of opportunities for people to get together and and give back? Mm-hmm. It's an incredible team building mm-hmm. opportunity. So we might see it only as not only, but giving back to your community. But it's in exchange in terms of what else you might do for a team building activity. Volunteering is great. Mm-hmm. Talk about people bonding right. in the face of vulnerability. It makes it a much deeper bond. I think when people go back to the workplace and some of those issues that were seem like a big deal before, right? Suddenly seem pretty petty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People um, yeah. really do love to do that together. Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing when you were talking about families that are volunteering together as well, um, looking for things for families to do together. I know it can be difficult sometimes. It's getting a little bit um, easier these days. But I know years ago um, when I worked for some nonprofits and um, everybody wanted to be able to volunteer with their kids and we just did not have programs available for them to volunteer with kids. Um, and now it's getting better that, you know, they're able to younger and younger start them off. But what a great opportunity for families to get together and do something in the community. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just, you know, being able to build that bond and then maybe being going home or, you know, back to the office and realizing, oh, that thing that I thought was such a huge deal before really is nothing compared mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm you know, the families we just saw that we just served in that, um, you know, in that kitchen or at that shelter. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Powerful. Yeah. So um, let's go back then. So when you started um, Culture Wise, Mm -hmm. what were you, uh, I mean, from the start, was that your idea was working with companies to try and get them to kind of boil down, look at their values and their culture and, Mm -hmm. and become... A, a more sustainable and more, mm-hmm. I guess, giving company? Yeah, I absolutely. Um, when I look at a culture model, I'll look at the purpose, the values, employee engagement, and a community impact program. And I have a difficult time eliminating one from the other. And so I think that they all work in harmony because, again, if a company is just looking at the bottom line in terms of profits, oftentimes they take that people and the planet out of their sight and then bad things happen. And so I think when you bring that community impact program back in, companies can understand that they are part of the community. Mm -hmm. And when they draw resources from the community, if they don't give back – 
that community isn't going to be as strong. It's sort of a secular type of circular, if you will, relationship. And so you draw, you give back. People who come to you to work for you, if they're coming from a deprived community, they're dealing with things in their own backyard and the companies can help. And so I look at it as giving back to the community and making all your resources richer. So when you sit down to work then with that company, what does that typically look like then when, you, um, when you're invited in, I guess, to, to start working with them on these programs? Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking for a nonprofit partner for them immediately off the bat or, or are you working on other things first before you even get to that point? I think you need to beat them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, look at what they're doing right now. Look at their employee engagement and see how they're doing there. You know, typically you might look at a survey that they've already completed or conduct a survey, uh, talk to them about, you know, where their problems are and and what they've got going on. And if they're going to, um, if they've got a community volunteer type of program, look at it and see how it's working for them. Um, Talk to them about how many people are involved. Talk to them about what kind of impact they might be seeing from this. Um, there's organizations that can help, like Hands-On, to be able to look at the impact. Um, when we would go to St. Mary's, at the end of every um, volunteer program, they would gather everyone together and they talk about how many families you just fed, how many meals were provided. They would give you a rundown. And so then we would go back and we would recognize everyone who was involved. And so I would look for things like that. How are you structuring that volunteer program? And how have you incorporated into your culture? You know, because sometimes companies I've seen might donate money. Mm-hmm. And donating money is really important. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But the employees might be looking at that and saying, oh, that's nice, but I didn't have anything to do with that. So I would look at that in their program and see if they're reaching the employees. Mm-hmm. And having them be feel like they're really a part exactly. of that. Of, of that giving, even if it's something as, as small as I, I know a lot of companies have, you know, they can do, you know, payroll deductions and that goes off to wherever it is that they may select. But mm-hmm. again, once poof, that's out there, you don't see right. what that impact is. And I think it's important too. I mean, I have a, I like to say that charity begins at home. And so when you're in the workplace, you need to look at your own workplace because it's important to have a community program. But you got to look at what else is happening in the workplace because employees can be resentful because um, if it's not right for them, if things aren't equitable in the workplace, if you've got some toxic behavior, you got to fix that too. Mm-hmm. So one thing before the other. And right. um, so you have to take a look at it from a holistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's no quick band-aids that are going to, you know, just take care of this and then everything else is going to be great. It's something that's got, you've got to look at all those pieces. Right. Some people have talked about how, you know, a, a company might volunteer or do something to cover up their their sins, yes. if you will, <laughs> you know, um, and they think that that might fix it. And um, I have to say, it's always good to do good, but you have to fix things internally. Mm-hmm. You have to look in the mirror as an organization and see what's not going right. Right. Yeah. So we we touched on points of light a little bit. And I know, um, Mary, when we were talking the other day, you had mentioned that, um, is it a couple of uh, programs that you had worked with where somebody was nominated as a points of light recipient or? 
The organization that um, I was part of okay. was uh, two times Presidential Points of Light for Volunteerism recipient. And um, again, I give credit to Hands On <laughs> from Greater Phoenix because they were very helpful in terms of um, tracking our hours mm-hmm. and being able to apply for that award. And that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big deal. Our, because our employees were involved, they took a lot of pride in that. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like on your side then, Rhonda, when you're working with um, nonprofits? Are, what are some, um, I guess, characteristics of some of good nonprofit partners that work well with with the program? So everything that we do from a volunteer perspective is group-based. So that's mm-hmm. an important element for a hands-on project so that it's not just a, a single volunteer opportunity, but that we find something where we can have a group of volunteers work together. So that's sort of the first element. We also um, try to cater to busy working people and students. Uh, so most of our projects take place evenings and weekends so that anybody can participate. And that also works well with the family-friendly um, aspect of our volunteering. So we look at that. Um, and we and we look at diversity of need. So um, not all volunteer projects are appropriate for our model, and we recognize that. So um, sometimes we find them. Sometimes the nonprofits find us. I think a conversation is always helpful because we do a variety of things. And so I think a nonprofit might become familiar with us through one sort of program offering and mm. not know what else we have to offer. But but it's it's a very organic process. So we find them, they find us. Um, we also have an opportunity for com- uh, for nonprofits to use our database to promote opportunities for volunteers that may not be a hands-on type project. So it's maybe not group-based. We also provide a volunteer leader or a project leader for everything that we do. So that's um, an important piece of our model. We we like that model because if we have a leader on site for every project we do, we can ensure that our volunteers have a positive experience and also the agency where we're serving that we're meeting their needs and mm-hmm. doing what they want to have done and they don't have to pull staff off to facilitate that volunteer experience. And just that there's that one point of contact. Right. <laughs> so everybody knows if you have a question, well, this is who I go to. If something isn't right, this is who I go to. Well, that's correct. And yeah. so it, Mary alluded to the fact that they're episodic volunteer tier opportunities. And so our goal is to break down barriers to volunteerism and make it easy for people to get out and do good. Mm -hmm. And so if we have a leader there to facilitate the experience, then they know the lay of the land. They're the constant there at the project. And then other volunteers can drop in as their schedule allows. So that's that's an important model for us. Now, if our nonprofit partner has other needs and it doesn't really sort of fit that profile, then they're welcome to to post other opportunities with us. We approve them. We look at them and make sure they're appropriate. But they can use our website to post those opportunities and promote them out to our volunteer base. And we have about 27,000 volunteers in, oh, our, wow. in our database. Yeah. So uh, we have a pretty good chunk of human capital yes. available right, for these right. numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if somebody wants to, because um, Mary had mentioned, hey, I want to volunteer on Thursday. I'm going to pop on and take a look and see what types of opportunities there are. How does somebody um, get access then to that? Is there a process they need to go through to sign up on the website? 
Yes. So it's, it's pretty simple. They have to create an account on our site. Um, so you register an account and then you have to do an orientation and you can either do that online or you can attend an in-person orientation. Um, pretty brief. And then um, if you're 16 and up, we do have a one-time $25 activation fee. It helps us um, with technology and the cost of planning the projects, but it's a lifetime fee. And then we activate your account and and then you're you're able to go on our site and browse our opportunities. And I think, you know, we've got them listed by calendar. So you can look at the calendar if you have time on that Thursday, like Mary said, see what's available, uh, click it. It's a, it's a link. And then it'll give you a little bit more information about that particular project. But we've got something every day of the year. And most days we have multiple opportunities. So it's, it's pretty simple. And then people can plug in as their schedule allows and as their interests allow. So you, you go, you look, and maybe you see, oh, there's something really interesting next Sunday. I want to go do that. Or it happens in the converse. You say, oh, I have a little time. Let me go see what's available and if there's anything of interest to me. So if you like to cook, if you like to garden, if you like to read with kids, if you like to pack medical supplies, if you like trail building, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I just had on a couple of weeks ago some ladies from goodness cakes and they we were kind of joking like if you can dump a box you know box mixed into a bowl mixed up bake you know bake a cake you don't even have to have great baking skills slap some frosting on there but right happy birthday but that foster child who then ends up getting that cake who may have never received a cake in their life all of a sudden that's you know that's a very big deal that's a pretty Mm -hmm. big deal Mm -hmm. so it's exciting to hear though that there's those opportunities like you said if you like to garden guess what i bet you there's opportunities out there for you Mm -hmm. if you like if you like packing boxes there's you know there's some people who love to organize things if you love to organize things, guess what? There's there's something out there for you. So if it's you like really cooking easy. projects, mm-hmm. if you you know, and there's the social element to yes. all those. We always I hear constantly. I lead one of our volunteer orientations every month, and I lead two of our calendar projects. I walk dogs once a month, mm-hmm. and last night I was at home base youth, and we cook a meal for the clients there at home base, and it's like a chopped episode every time. We never know what <laughs> we never know what's in the pantry. We never know what's in the walk-in. We right. get there and say, okay, we've got this, this, and this. This is what we're gonna make. But I digress. What I was going to say is that uh, people constantly tell me one of the reasons, one of the reasons that they're volunteering is they're new to town and they want to meet people and they want to do something positive or their job has changed some and they have some extra time and they want to do something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So I think that social component right. is is important too. Yeah. And I imagine from that business aspect of it, then, say you are with a larger company, there are times where, um, you know, sales has absolutely no idea who even works over in accounting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might cr- you might even see each other out at the store and not even know that you work for the same company because mm-hmm. it's so big. And these volunteer opportunities that companies are able to then kind of plug their employees into gives them that ability to then kind of meet Absolutely. everybody. Yeah. And, and when we used to do this, and it's all about the company's ability to do this, um, we would make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we would put individual employees or not put, but ask them to volunteer to oversee that. So they stepped into a leadership role and we would fund at lunch afterwards. And so, as you said, they meet there, they volunteer together. And then they would gather together afterwards and they get to know each other a little bit better. 
And so that became part of the team building and also the community building internally, because what you'll find in a culture is, is that community is really important to people. If you've ever worked in a workplace and you feel isolated, it's very lonely. Mm -hmm. And so it's really wise of a company to think about building community internally. And this is one more way to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have you uh, heard somebody say or, you know, post on social media, boy, if it wasn't for my office mate or this friend or that friend, I don't know that I would have made it through this week. <laughs> or I don't know that I would, you know, I would still work here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they talk it out and they're like, oh, okay, you're right. It's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, to take but, that a step further, mm -hmm. the Gallup Institute, you know, Research Institute, when they look at employee engagement, they ask one key question is, do you have a good friend at work? Because if you don't have a good friend at work, it's a very lonely day mm -hmm. and a very lonely week. Right. And so the employer, um, that's really important for them to try to, again, build that community internally of inclusiveness. And so it might not be one thing that works. There'll be a lot of different things that work because we're all different. We're, we have different interests and we have introverts, we have extroverts, we have people who, you know, you help them to mm -hmm. be able to meet people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Any, um, any, I guess, really impactful programs then that maybe you've helped put together or you've worked on in the past that it kind of maybe when you when you started with them you thought oh boy how are we gonna <laughs> what are we gonna do here and it turned into a flourishing sustainable project oh well since i'm sitting here with Rhonda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that experience of yeah. uh, the company i co-founded is actually such a great experience because mm -hmm. it really did turn into something that I could refer to as, as a really great program again. Um, and how did it flourish? I think it flourished mostly by building such a great culture. Mm -hmm. And people would refer their friends and family to work for us. And so when they did that, that meant that I think we had 40% of our employees were referring friends and family to work for us wow. without an incentive. Mm -hmm. And so it's different at every company for sure. But I would just say... Um, be strategic about it and plan it out. Um, and then use some of the same best practices that you do for other types of projects. Um, encouraging people, recognizing people, taking pictures, posting those pictures, getting their feedback, sharing the impact of the program internally, um, and then work with your marketing team. Mm -hmm. And so these are all components of building a really great volunteer program is that you look at it and you say, let's Let's make the most out of this because the benefits are so big. It's worth the time. It's worth the investment. Mm -hmm. And I love that you talked about then sharing that impact because I think that's where sometimes it's cut short. And um, it's such a huge disservice to a company if then after they've done that project, it doesn't, it's as if that was yesterday and let's move on to the next. And it never gets, that you don't get to relive that experience, but then you also don't go, don't get to share with everyone mm -hmm. what what happened, um, and you, you know you don't get to kind of share with the community even mm -hmm. about what it is that you're doing in the community. Right. I, it was um, in June. I was a judge for the Most Admired Companies Awards, and so when I look at their criteria, one of their five criteria is your social responsibility program. And so yet again, is this a mandate or is this something that's becoming so critical to employers that now it's become criteria to be a best 
place to work, a most admired company. And so we'll have the event this week, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about what they're doing in the community because we can all talk about technology, we can all talk about profits, but we're human beings. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the good that you do in your community, that's what really touches people. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've heard, I don't know about you, Rhonda, but I've heard people say, oh, should I feel good about this? You know, I feel like I'm being, you know, kind of selfish that I feel so good about this. And I said, that's the way we are. When you help somebody, you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do think that this is just going to continue to grow. Yeah, I think so as well. We were actually talking about it a little bit coming up the stairs together. And um, we've seen such an uptick in the last few years of companies just really committing to CSR, to being out in the community together and really investing dollars in it. And I know my board of directors is, you know, asking the question, is this a flash in the pan? Is this, you know, is this the result of a, a strong economy that we're living in right now? Is this a trend is and I I I really want to believe that it's not. I really think it's a different way of doing business. I think it's a different way of of leaders thinking about doing business. And I, I think it's a mandate and an imperative from the employees who they're recruiting and bringing on board to to be a good corporate citizen. And I think there's a lot of bragging rights there. And it's such an indicator of best places to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So right. we, we live in, you know, this day and age when so many of us are, um, 24-7, 7-24. <laughs> and, you know, we're hooked in by technology, uh, social media, you know, remember the ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people see this as a way of living. Right. Um, people who have birthdays and instead of asking for birthday presents, they're um, asking for people to fund their favorite charity. This is all good. Right. It's exciting to think that people are stepping up and saying, no, I want to care for my fellow man. Because obviously there's a lot of need. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is how we become um, a kinder and gentler community. We've changed our thinking a little bit at points of light and at hands-on around the evolution of civic engagement and what that looks like. And it used to be years ago that, that you expressed yourself in sort of a few simple ways, voting, philanthropy, volunteerism. But there's this whole wheel now where you can plug in in a variety of ways and social media is one, but where you work is, is mm-hmm. actually another and what, what kind of, what kind of citizen they are in the community. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's lots of ways to express your voice um, in the civic space. And that's one of them. Rhonda, are there any particular volunteer um, opportunities that have come up that you can really kind of speak to that you would maybe want to share some successes of maybe a company that has come to you, a large volunteer event, a small one. What? Oh gosh, so many. I've got 19 years worth of it. I know. (laughs) Okay. But as we're on the eve of September 11th, I'm going to talk about that one just for a second. So tomorrow we will be at the convention center and we will be convening 1,200 volunteers from the business sector. They're all corporate volunteers. We'll be working in three shifts tomorrow, and we will be packing 300,000 meals in a single day that are all going to stay right here in Arizona. So we're partnering with 911day.org. We're partnering with St. Mary's Food Bank. And hands-on, the role we're playing tomorrow is managing the volunteers and moving them through in the logistics of the day. But 
if that's not powerful, yeah. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, you know, what, maybe 20 companies bringing their volunteers out tomorrow to be part of that day to prepare 300,000 wow. meals. That's <laughs> amazing. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. Just as, I mean, there's so many examples. We work with so many companies that have, have gotten it right. And we've worked with some companies that haven't gotten it quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I want to talk about is um, I, I just, I really respect the way they've built their model. And it's such a strategy that's inculcated throughout their entire culture. And um, that's the Home Depot. They have a very, they have a very strategic investment in veterans. And so everything they do in the community or most everything they do in the community is to support that demographic. They have, um, they have, they hire a lot of veterans. So they have a, a, a huge number of their staff are veterans, but, and it, it's, it's such a point of pride for the associates talking about some of the things that we were talking about earlier. They bring store, how many Home Depot stores are there in our community and nationwide, they bring them out together. So store associates, so they commit with an investment, but everything they invest, they follow with the human capital investment of bringing their store associates out to do these magnificent things for veterans. Um, so it could be, um, a group home where they're doing um, lots of improvements and upgrades on a group home where multiple li- veterans are living, or it could be an individual home where maybe a veteran's got P- PTSD or some physical limitations or some financial limitations. So um, they will come in. We work in partnership with them to to do improvements um, for these veterans. So I, I, it's it's very um, you know it's an investment. There's a point of pride among the employees. They are there. There's a lot of posts on social media. Um, there's a lot of excitement for their store associates when they come out to volunteer. There's a buzz about it. They talk about the other times that they've come out uh, to work together. I'll hear stories. So it's just, um, it's, a, it's a model that's really strategic and uh, starts, I don't know where it starts, if it's <laughs> at the top, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really a fabric of their, their culture. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see how it plays out and the enthusiasm and pride around it. Well, I think that kind of shows um, what, uh, like you mentioned the word fabric, I think that kind of shows how enmeshed all that is within the company when you really don't even know where it started by this point, because it's all just so um, enmeshed in there that you really just know that that's just who they are and that's what they, that's what they do. And it's really just all part of it. It's, it's really not, cool. Yeah. I mean, a veteran will walk into one of their stores and a associate will hear that maybe they're having a hard time with something. Yeah. And so they immediately get to work to figure out how this person who's walked into their store, who's a veteran, how, how can we help them and yeah. how can we rally around them? So that's where I think it's just like, that's mm-hmm. such an example of how it's just part of who they are yeah. as a company. Yeah. I, I love that you just said, how can we, how can we? Because what I've noticed is when people or companies start doing this, they start thinking more in those terms of how can I help? How can I help this? They start, you know, we talk about compassion. We talk about, um, you know, what we want to see in our workplace. I think volunteering brings that out more of saying, how can I help you? How can I help do this? How can I help that person? And um, I think that's when we get more of a um, company that really becomes a community partner. And so Home Depot is such a great example. 
I have another one and I, I won't name names because this is a, this is an interesting story, but I, I don't want to name their name. So it's a company. <laughs> so it's a company that we've worked with since our inception, a very long time, large company, and they've had some changes in leadership in the last few years. We have worked them with them since the day we opened our doors and they've been a very committed partner. Well, with the changes in leadership and a new person running CSR, they decided that they were going to break up with us. After 26 years of working with this, their employees said, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. There's, we love this organization. We love what we do with them. We love what we've been able to accomplish in the community. And it's really important for us to continue to be a partner to this organization. And so they did not break up with us. And there has been a change. And so now they're saying, okay, not only do we want to continue doing what we've been doing with you, but we want to do more with you. And what would it look like um, to work with some of our ERGs and what might it look like for us to do more ongoing engagement with you? Yeah, so, that's exciting. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and Rhonda had mentioned earlier one of the companies you worked for that actually contributed in terms of volunteer hours. And, you know, I just want to share from a nonprofit standpoint, none of this gets done for free. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's huge when a company says, yes, we're going to work with hands-on. It's also important to support hands-on financially so that they have their infrastructure strong enough. If everyone did that, (laughs) you you know, you've got a pretty good uh, support system. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we spent a lot of years in the early years educating companies that volunteering is not, in fact, free. (laughs) You can't just pick up trash, which is important too. But in Mm -hmm. in order to make transformational change in the community, it requires an investment. And so that's management and staff time and tools. And over 26 years, we've been able to build up a a pretty powerful warehouse of tools and that sort of thing. But you still need the project management. You still need the expertise uh, around what's happening in the community and who the players are and that sort of thing. And so I feel like we've not had to fight that battle as much in recent years. I I feel like companies are get it more now than they used to. (laughs) They realize that, that this is a a larger investment. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, I just got, I'm getting the hook. (laughs) Can you believe it? It's already almost off the top of the hour. I can't believe it. We could keep talking. I know. I know. It's almost the top of the hour. So I do want to make sure that um, I give you both an opportunity uh, to um, plug your organization and let people know um, if they're listening in now or they're listening to the podcast later, um, how they can find you um, if they would like to work or volunteer with you. And we'll start with you first. Sure. Okay. So if someone would like to reach me, um, they can see my website at culturewiseconsulting.com or you can reach me at mary at culturewiseconsulting.com. Perfect. Learn more about me. Yeah, definitely. And Rhonda, if somebody wants to get involved, whether they're a volunteer or a company, um, community volunteer or a company or nonprofit, how do they get in touch with Hands-On? We are a one-stop shop. So it is handsonphoenix.org. So spelled out, handsonphoenix.org. And once you get to the page, whether you're an individual company or nonprofit, um, it's pretty easy to navigate and you can find your way around. And we welcome uh, folks to give us a call, companies to give us a call if they have any questions about involvement. We're happy to help. Great. Yeah, it might actually um, finally cool down here a little in Arizona. (laughs) There was actually a breeze this morning. 
so I'll take like, it. <laughs> um, so we're hitting that we're hitting that time of year where people are wanting to get outside and do some more of those outdoor volunteer activities. So that's really exciting. So, yes. Well, thank you both so much, ladies. I did thank just you. want to um, do a quick little announcement here. So if you have ever thought that you wanted to maybe continue this conversation that we're having here at 3C Amplified and um, reach out to either uh, guests that we've had on the show or uh, want to connect with somebody in the community that's like you, um, really looking for a way to make some positive change. I have just launched the 3C community. Um, it's an online community where we're looking for other co-creators to help uh, come on board. It's really just a, a place built to support and engage people like you are really wanting to amplify their impact in the community and around the world. So did want to put that out there today and officially open the doors on that one. Cats out of the bag. It's something mm. I've been working on for quite some time um, and actually got quite a bit of inspiration and some positive feedback for the idea actually when I was at the Points of Light conference in June. So if you are interested in learning more about that, you can head on over to 3CAmplified.com slash community. Um, that's the number three, the letter C, Amplified.com slash community. And uh, if you hop on over there, we're giving away um, a one-week free access to the community so you can get in there, hop around, check things out, and get a feel for it. And on that note, um, we're all finished up here today. You've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a digital marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. 